atheist was out fishing when all of a sudden a huge dragon-type amphibian began to come out of the water and with snarling teeth it moved closer and in desperation this man who uh, had no belief in God uh, screamed out, Dear God, help me! All of a sudden everything stopped. The wind stopped blowing, the clouds stopped in the sky and there was this voice from the clouds that said, I thought you didn't believe in me. And the atheist fisherman said, give me a break. Two minutes ago, I didn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster either. Uh, what, what do you believe in? Oh, no, I, I didn't want, I want you to just think about it. You don't have to answer that. I mean, it's a, it's a huge question. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, we, could, I mean, we could go in a whole lot of different directions as, well, as we think about what we believe in. Uh, we, could, we could start talking about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and whether we believe in those, uh, those char- uh, usually maybe, maybe littler people um, believe in, uh, in those guys. And, and we could talk about, we could start talking about uh, Bigfoot. Right? Maybe some of you are are uh, Bigfoot people, or the uh, you know the Yeti, maybe, um, uh, or the Loch Ness monster, other creatures that legends are made of. It seems like nobody seems to have a good camera around when those things rear their ugly heads. Right? Uh, I don't know why, because everybody's got a camera in their pocket these days. You got your phone right there. I, I figured you know once the iPhone came out that we'd have all sorts of evidence of all these things. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to. I want to break anybody's beliefs. I'm just asking. Uh, I don't know. We could talk about conspiracy theories, and I'm sure that, uh, that there are a whole lot of, I mean, uh, what, what really happened on the day that JFK was shot, and who was behind all that? Did we really send people to the moon, or did it all just happen on a movie soundstage, right? These are things that, that people wonder about. Of course, there's, there's Area 51 in Nevada, uh, where, where many people believe that the government is keeping spaceships and and uh, evidence of alien life and maybe even aliens for real, right? And uh, this past fall, maybe you were part of this, I don't know. Uh, this past fall, there was a, uh, a th- an event on Facebook. Uh, maybe you saw this uh, where uh, on September 20th, they were going to storm Area 51, right? And their, uh, their mantra was, they can't stop all of us. And they were going to, I forget what it's, they were going to run weird. And I don't know, the whole, the, the whole thing. Uh, but uh, there were over three and a half million people who responded to that event on Facebook, either going or interested about 150 showed up and none of them actually stormed area 51 uh, if they had i think they would have been shot i believe the government was uh, was telling them when and that proves to me too what i've always believed about and experienced about facebook events uh that it really doesn't matter who has clicked going or interested eh, people are going to come who's going to come and they're probably not uh, not gonna, but anyway, of course, at church, uh, we're not gonna talk about all of those things. Uh, we're talking about beliefs uh, at church on a Sunday morning. So we're thinking about what we believe about God, about uh, uh, religion, about supernatural things. Uh, some people are convinced that everything is natural, right? That there's, there's nothing uh, that's supernatural. Uh, throughout the ages, there have been many uh, differing beliefs about gods and higher powers and how to receive uh, the blessing of the gods, right? Or a god. Some people believe that there's life after death. 
And others simply think that there's nothing when we, when we die. There's some that believe in karma. You know, what comes around goes around. If I can put out good vibes into the world, then those good vibes are going to come back to me. There's a belief that, that, that uh, we're all, in a sense, uh, gods ourselves. And, and, and we're all good. And if we can just uh, live that out. There's a belief that, that we just uh, keep being reincarnated, right? And, and different things. If I live a good life, I'll get reincarnated as a better thing the next time. And, and, uh, and, and that's a belief out there. There's... There's uh, some people believe don't necessarily believe in God or or a higher power, but they le- believe in the universe and its energy, and uh, and that's what's most. I mean, we could go on forever. There are beliefs all over the place of what we believe. As Christians, we fall into a certain set of beliefs, but even in that, there are so many nuances and differences of opinion and interpretation. Sometimes we kind of get off in the weeds a little bit. Uh, One day, there was a man walking across a bridge, and he saw another man kind of standing out by the edge, and he wondered if maybe he was was thinking about doing something uh, uh, to to jump off, and so he ran over, and he said, stop, don't do it, and the guy said, well, why shouldn't I, and and he said, well, there's so much to live for, And, and, and the guy said, well, like what? And he said, well, are you a religious person? And he said, yes, yes, I am. And he said, well, me too. Are you Christian, Buddhist, or Muslim? And the man said, well, I'm Christian. He said, me too. Are you Catholic or Protestant? Well, I'm Protestant. We do. Are you Episcopalian or Baptist? I'm Baptist. Well, me too. And they're, they're just, you know, relating. And, and, and he said, well, okay, well, are you Baptist Church of God or Baptist Church of the Lord? And he said, well, I'm Baptist Church of God. Me too, this is amazing. Are you original Baptist Church of God or are you reformed Baptist Church of God? And he said, I'm reformed Baptist Church of God. Me too. Are you reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1879? Or are you reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915? And the man said, I'm reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915. And the other guy said, heretic, and he walked away. We have all these lines, right, where we should have be building bridges instead of barriers, right? And yet at the same time, there are certain things that we do believe, and uh, they are essential, they are very important, and we can't compromise on certain things. One of the founders of our denomination, Phineas F. Brzee, uh, used to quote, uh, it wasn't original to him, but one of the quotes he, he said over and over again, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity, Uh, So, in other words, the essential things are the things we need to be united on. Um, If non-essentials, okay, we'll just let you believe what you believe. But the essential things, and in everything, we need to have love and acceptance um, that, that, uh, that we need to love people for who they are. Obviously, still promoting and believing and not compromising on the essentials. So, in this series, over the next few weeks from now until Easter, I'd like us to address or look at some of those essentials, the things that we hold dear, the, the big things that we must believe and, uh, and live by. This I believe. Because, because what we believe matters. I, it appears that not nearly as many people really believed in storming Area 51 than actually did, and we know that because they didn't act on it, right? If, if, if they had believed it, they would have shown up. Uh, what we believe affects our behavior uh, because our, belie- uh, our beliefs uh, change what we do and how we live. And not just what we say we believe, we can kind of tell what people really believe by how they act, what they do. So we have to ask again, we, I hope I'm 
helping you begin to ask the question, what do you believe? What are the essentials that you believe? And again, it's, it's a huge question, so much more than we can cover in a, in a few minutes on a Sunday morning or even in a few sermons over the next few weeks leading up to Easter. It's, 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 uh, uh, but I, I'd still like us to look at what we really believe about what it means to follow Jesus. What it means to be a Christian. If, if we really believe what we say we believe, then we're going to live it out. And so uh, if, in this series, you may discover that you're not really living out what you say you believe. Or you may discover that you don't really believe it in the first place. Or I guess this is a chance then to adjust your behavior or to adjust your belief system. And as you do those things, then, then I hope and I pray that you'll, that you'll nail this down. This I believe. These are the essentials and my life is built on it. The Bible think the Bible seems to think <laughs> we can look at the Bible and see that believing is kind of a big deal. I mean it's cover to cover uh, belief, faith, trust in God, uh, what we believe is is literally I mean, just just a Man, just a couple of, of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of places where, where uh, believing is mentioned in Scripture. Genesis 15, 6 says, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Because of his belief, he was considered righteous. In Psalm 78, 32, it says, in spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So God had, uh, had been doing great things in their lives, but they didn't believe in spite of what God was doing. Uh, Jonah 3, 5. So Jonah's the guy that got uh, the fish. He's running away from God. He got swallowed by the, the whale, spit up on the... And, and then he comes to the Ninevites and he preaches to him and he's hoping that God's gonna get him. And then, but he preaches to him so well that it says in Jonah 3 5 the Ninevites believed God and they a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth so because of their belief it changed everything it changed the whole trajectory of a nation Matthew 21 22 Jesus says if if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer, belief is tied to uh, effectiveness in prayer. John 1, 12, uh, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If we believe, we can, we can actually enter into the family of God. John three thirty six. whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. So this belief is tied to eternal life in heaven with God. Acts chapter 13, verse 39. Through him, through Jesus, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification that you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So they'd been these uh, preaching to the, the Jews. The Jews lived under the law of Moses and it was kind of oppressive and all these things. Uh, they're preaching here saying, no, that through Jesus, if you believe, you're set free from sin. Belief is tied to freedom from sin. Romans 1.16, Paul is declaring his, uh, his belief and trust in God. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God that brings salvation to who to everyone who believes jews gentiles doesn't matter to everyone who believes first thessalonians 2 13 and we also thank god continually because when you received the word of god which you heard from us you accepted it not as a human word but as it actually is the word of god which is indeed at work in you who believe those who believe are the ones where god's word is at work 
in their lives. First Timothy 4.10, that is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Those who believe have a savior, the living God. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. First John 5.5, 5, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Literally, cover to cover. Instance after instance, those who believe. It seems like believing, believing the right things, just might be kind of important for us. So in this series, I'd like us to drill down on those essentials, what we really believe, what we're supposed to believe, and what it means to live that out in our daily lives. Because it is possible... It's possible for us to believe something that's not true, right? And, uh, and, and then we're living out uh, something that's, that, that's not best. I, I mean, I can believe all I want that all the ground outside is made out of chocolate and the trees are cotton candy. And I can believe that with all of my heart. But it's not true because it just takes one bite of dirt for me to realize that that's not really true. No matter how good it sounds, no matter how good it would be to believe that, that doesn't change the truth. So in investigating what we really believe, our goal is to land on the truth, capital T, truth, uh, what we believe, the bedrock of our lives. It's, it's, uh, it's not just what we want to believe or what we hope is true, but we want to land on the truth. Jesus gave an illustration at the end of uh, Sermon on the Mount, the, the most famous sermon in the world, uh, uh, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and at the end of chapter 7, he gives this illustration talking about this foundation that, uh, that we need to, uh, to, to, to live by. Uh, it uh, starts in verse 24 of Matthew 7. Uh, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock right but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand the rain came down the streams rose the winds blew and beat against the house it fell with a great crash the same storm came to both houses one had a solid foundation on the bedrock of what jesus taught and they were living it out that was their foundation and they stood through the storm this world will toss us around. There's wind and there's rain and there's floods and there's storms. And if we don't have what we truly believe nailed down, then we'll have no foundation to stand on and things will start falling apart. But if we build on the solid foundation of God and his truth, we will be able to withstand anything that comes our way because our foundation is on the rock. Well, with all that being said, I was going to say I, I might slow down a little bit, but probably won't because there's a lot here. It's a, uh, uh, I want to start with an overview of sorts and, and kind of spelling out what that foundation, that solid rock looks like. Um, and it's, it's a uh, uh, kind of a, uh, how we look at the world, right? As, it's a Christian worldview, how we look at, at the world. Uh, so what is a worldview? Well, uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, Daniel or anything, but uh, a worldview is simply how we view the world, right? Uh, good, yeah. So uh, is it basically kind of the format in the back of our minds, okay, what's this foundation? How am I, how am I uh, you know, forming my life? What, is, what, are, what are my assumptions and my beliefs? 
I mean, and those are the things that affect how we, like Christopher Columbus had a certain view of the world that went against, I mean, literally a view of the world, right? He believed that it was round, and, uh, and, and most people of his day did not, and so he, be, uh, because of his belief in that, he set out on a, on a journey and ventured across the sea. Uh, he never would have done that without that world view. Our worldview, I'm not just talking about what, how we view the globe, but our, how we believe life works, that affects how we live. A couple of years ago, I, two or three years ago, I, I did something along these lines, and, and maybe you'll remember, um, they say that, um, I mean, I'm counting on you probably not remembering because they say about 95% of what the pastor says is forgotten by after lunch. So uh, I hope that's not the case, but, uh, but, but I think we're, we, uh, we're always doing well to revisit some of these things, uh, looking at the beliefs, how it's all structured, how it's lived out. I hope none of this necessarily surprises you or, oh, I didn't know I'm supposed to believe that. But at the same time, I think it's a great reminder. We're painting with a broad brush this week and then over the next few weeks, we're kind of drilled down on several of these things along the way of these essentials of, of what we believe, why we believe it, and why it's important to Believe it. And so uh, in, your, in your notes there, we just kind of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Take notes wherever you need to in the margins or whatever. But, but first, we're going to line out what a Christian worldview uh, is or should be. First of all, it's God-centered. We got that up? One more there. Okay, good. All right. And these are going to be small because we're trying to squeeze them all on the same deal. But it's God-centered. Everything is centered on God. Right, uh, um, who he is, we're worshiping him. He is the first four command, the ten commandments. First four are all about keeping God uh, as the one and only God, and and treating him as uh, the center of of life, not just center of our lives, but the center of life in the universe. That's a Christian worldview. God is at the center. Everything revolves around God. We've got to we've got to know that. That's where it starts. Uh, then we also need to realize that God created everything, including us. In these days, there's a lot of debate about creation, how it happened, how long it took, uh, all those sorts of things. Again, we don't have to, we're just painting with a broad brush today. Uh, as we're lining out this Christian uh, worldview, we need to realize the bottom line is that the Bible is very, very clear. God created everything. It didn't just happen. Uh, it, God created everything, including humans. And that's vital because if I believe that God didn't create me and that I'm just a random result of mutations and evolution, then, um, then it doesn't matter how I live because it's just all kind of random, right? There's no God over, overseeing it and no God that created but, but But as Christians, a Christian worldview, if, you, if you're founding your life on a Christian where you will believe that God created everything and that matters. He spoke and the world came to be. God uh, is the center and he created everything. Uh, he also designed us for relationship, especially relationship with him. We see God uh, clear back in, in Genesis, involved in close communication and relationship with Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. And that desire for relationship continues down through history today. We are created for relationship. We need to realize that. We need to know that, that God isn't just this God out there somewhere, but he wants to be close to us. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants us in a relationship with him. We also need to realize that people have sinned and broken that relationship 
with God. This is all part of the Christian worldview, the overview of what we need to believe. God uh, told Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit, but they ate it anyway. And because they did, that sin continues in every person who has lived since. And so we were born with this bent toward sin. And then we do sin. And so we have original sin that we're born with and then personal sin that we're, we're, uh, we're guilty of. And, and, and so it breaks the relationship with God. He's designed us for a relationship, but that relationship has been broken because of sin. And sin brings pain, sorrow, and it leads to death. Sin in the world has ushered so much pain and misery and problems and difficulty, and it ultimately has has brought death. And that death is not just physical death. But if left unaddressed, it leads to spiritual death. And, and uh, we believe that that spiritual death, if, if not dealt with, will lead to an eternity separated from God in hell. Now, there, that's, that's a, a whole lot there, and we're going to unpack that uh, later on in this series. But, but we need to realize that sin is a, is a big, awful deal, and it has separated us from God, and it has brought pain and sorrow and leads to death. If we sit right there, it's kind of depressing. My seminary professor, as we walked through uh, the uh, theology class we had uh, uh, half of it in the fall and half of it in the spring and as we got to the end of the semester in the fall we uh, studied all about the theology of sin and then he said okay well as you're on Christmas break I'm going to leave you in sin and then in the spring we picked up the next uh, I'm not going to leave you in sin today but we're going to uh, see that the next thing is that Jesus brings salvation that, that we need to be saved from that there is that we can't do anything about it on that's the first thing we need we can't do about anything about it on our own God loves us in spite of our sin and he sent his son Jesus to be a savior to save us from sin and death we are born sinful we need a savior God has provided that savior in Jesus Jesus brings salvation through his death and resurrection and so we believe that Jesus came to earth as a baby just, a, what, less than two months ago. We, uh, we celebrated Christmas and, and, uh, and the fact that Jesus came to earth as a baby. Then he lived a perfect life. And, and then, again, in a, in a few weeks from now, uh, we, will, we will walk through those days again where Jesus uh, allowed himself to be crucified on a cross. And at that time, he took on, the Bible says, he took on the sins of the world. So our sin problem was transferred to Jesus. And Jesus, who had lived a perfect life and offered himself as the savior of the world, uh, uh, took our sin upon him. And he died on a cross, but he didn't stay dead. He overcame the grave. He rose from the dead. And now we can apply his death to our sin and we can be forgiven and have brand new life. This is all part of the Christian worldview and what we believe and how this all works. God is the center of it all. He wants a relationship with us. That relationship has been broken because of sin. But there's an answer to sin and his name is Jesus. We have hope. Because heaven is our home. Earth is just temporary. Now that changes a lot how we live, right? If we see that, 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 that there's something beyond this life, then we're going to live differently than if this is just all it is, right? Uh, we're just passing through life on our way to heaven. It's just temporary. Heaven is our home. Our purpose in life then is to be holy. 
If we're looking to spend eternity in heaven with God, uh, we want to be as close to him as possible, more and more like him all the time, what the Bible calls holiness or righteousness. Um, and so it's our deep desire uh, and, and God's desire for us that, that we live in right relationship with him. We, we live righteous lives. We're holy. And so God wants to continue to make us uh, holy, holier and holier and holier. And when we get to heaven, we can be perfectly holy and at one with him in that re- relationship is finally and completely restored. Our purpose is to be holy. And God our Father, God is our Father then, and he, he is guiding our lives. We believe that. God, primarily through the Bible, also through a lot of other ways, but, but primarily through Scripture, he gives us guidance in our life. His principles and his guidelines will never steer us wrong. He wants what's best for us, and his will is always what's best for us. In a nutshell, now we could go uh, a lot of different ways, but uh, uh, kind of the wrap-up of that is that this is a God-centered life following God's rules or God's principles, God's guidelines, the Christian worldview. It's lined out for you there. Again, we could spend weeks uh, talking about the details of all of that. Uh, Those are are the highlights, and we'll, we'll drill down on some of those things over the next few weeks, but... I mean, let's face it, not everybody has that worldview, right? I mean, even some of you might not have that worldview, right? So, so I want to look at the, the other column there. Uh, is, is, uh, I want to lay out what the non-Christian worldview uh, looks like and, and maybe compare the two. So a non-Christian world. So the other end of the spectrum, the pendulum swings clear in the other direction. What does that look like? Well, it's human-centered, not God-centered, right? Um, everything revolves around me and, and what I want, what I think is best for me, uh, how life is going to work out best for me. So it's human-centered. There's no creation involved. It all just happened. It's, it's, it's random. Because uh, if there's no God, then God didn't create anything. Uh, again, clear on the, uh, the, the, the far, uh, far other side of this. There's, so there's no sin and there's no morality and there's no right and wrong. I just do whatever I want. Uh, back in the, the Old Testament days, there were times uh, where uh, Scripture says more than once, there's a verse that uh, says something like, everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. That's what we're talking about here. That, that a, a non-Christian uh, a, a worldview where there is no God and I'm not worried about following, then I can do whatever I want. There's no sin, there's no morality, there's no right. So then, there's no reason for a Savior, right? We don't need to be saved from anything. There's no need for salvation. So that whole part of the Christian worldview is just kind of chucked out. There's no heaven or hell because this world is just all there is, right? Uh, no reward, uh, no punishment, uh, no eternity. This is, this is it. So earth is our home. There's there, there no heaven, so, so earth is our home. And my primary purpose then is to do whatever I can uh, to be happy, right? I just want to be happy. I just want to do what makes me happy. I just want to be happy. And so then our feelings guide our life. Not necessarily God our Father, uh, because God doesn't exist. So, so what? well, it's whatever feels good now. What, what makes me happy? That's what's going to guide my life. That's what I'm going to build my life on, is what, what I think is going to make me happy in, in, in these moments. And so it is a me-centered life following my rules or my principles or how I want to live life. That's a purely non-Christian way to approach life with with God out of the picture we can do whatever we want and since there's nothing after this life and no one to answer to then we make the rules 
But let's face it, not everyone, probably a lot of people, don't have that specific worldview either. That's pretty extreme. In fact, I think most people, even good church folk like us, we live by some hybrid of the two. Those are the two extremes. Most people end up somewhere in the middle. It's what I've called, and I've, I've mentioned this more than once. Um, I like the imagery, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. It's what I've called before smorgasbord Christianity. First of all, smorgasbord is just a great, way, a great word to say, right? It almost takes me back to my days watching The Muppet Show. Smorgasbord. But um, anyway, have, have you ever been to a smorgasbord? I'm not even going to be able to say it right now. I'm just going to start from have you ever been to a smorgasbord? You know what in the world I'm talking about? Okay, well this is the, uh, yeah, maybe you know, they don't call it that. It's the, uh, the old word for sidle up to the trough and eat as much as you want buffet cafeteria style restaurant, right? That's a, that's a smorgasbord. Think Golden Corral and we're getting close to a smorgasbord. I, I mean, you have, you have all the kinds of meats, right? And 20 different overcooked limp vegetables and you've got all the rolls and the salad and for some reason there's always lukewarm pizza right next to a pile of fries. I'm not sure why, but that's always there somewhere. And, and what's cool about a smorgasbord is that you can pick and choose and nobody cares. If you don't want the asparagus, like me, skip it. Who cares? I'm not into chicken today. I, I, no problem. I, I want to go back five times especially to get that carrot cake with the little tiny carrot that somebody you know put on there and the, the cream cheese go do it do it it's a smorgasbord you can do it I remember as a child we went to maybe they're still around I don't have seen one Duff smorgasbord in Columbus sometimes after church yes okay right I, I see that hand um uh, we'd, we'd go, and uh, not every time every once in a while but I loved it when we did because number one I could have pop which didn't always happen in my house Boy, things have changed. But number two, it was all, the pop was, uh, well, and I could get whatever I wanted and whatever, but, but the pop was all self-serve, right? And you had the big machine and all the things, like we have everywhere these days. Well, this was a special, I mean, it, I mean I'm almost, you know, I'm getting up there. So this was a while back. Right? So you'd take your cup, probably, what, uh, one of those red plastic knobby cups, right? Big one. And I'd just do this. Fill it up. That was... Right now, it kind of makes me a little bit nauseous to think about. But back then, it was... I mean, I could do whatever. I could create whatever I wanted on my plate, in my glass, whatever. Dinner was completely in my hands to create however I wanted to. And I think that's what a lot of people do with God. Smorgasbord Christianity. We take what we like from the Christian worldview and we take what we like from the non-Christian worldview and we make our own smorgasbord worldview somewhere in the middle. What does that look like? Well, usually heaven is my home, but earth is too. I mean, there's some good stuff going on here. Well, it's not that there's no sin, but the stuff I struggle with isn't near as bad as those guys over there, right? And so we kind of pull that around. Jesus is, a, is great and all, he's a, he's a good guy, and, and yeah, I, I love Jesus, but I mean, let's not get too carried away. I mean, Jesus is there when it's convenient. We begin to create God into an image that we want him to be instead of submitting to who he truly is. 
we could go on and on, but we pull these extremes together and usually we end up believing that it's God's purpose to make me happy. Ooh, kind of a twist there, isn't it? We're trying to live a God life, but by our rules, by our principles. And so when we have questions, we get confused. Because our Father God says one thing, but yeah, you know what? I'm not feeling it. <laughs> God, I'm not, I don't know. And so this isn't really making me happy, Jesus. So it must not be right. Just a, just a quick note, I mean, God is not anti-happy. Please don't walk away from here thinking that God doesn't want you to be happy, but he just thinks that there's some things that are more important than that. Many people uh, push back on this because it's so prevalent in our culture. God just wants me to be, I just want to be happy. Well, do whatever makes you happy. Uh, but I mean, if you just think about parents and children, there's a whole lot of things that kids want that they think are going to make them happy. And the parents say, yeah, I don't think so. Not right now, because that's not going to make you, that's not the best thing for you right now. And so they want something that's even better so that in the long run, it's going to be a deeper, more fulfilled life. It's the same way in our relationship with God. God is not anti-happy. He just knows what leads to real, lasting happiness and joy. And that is seeking after him, obeying him, being holy and righteous. Holiness is the only way to be truly happy. Chasing happiness is empty. Long ago, I, uh, I realized that I should avoid the smorgasbord at dinner time. It doesn't work out well for me. I, um, well, really, it's, it's my, I'm going to call it my frugality. I, I, I'm cheap. But um, uh, that, my frugality trumps my discipline. By that, I mean that since I paid that much money for this meal, I better go back 12 times so that I get a deal, right? That's, that's kind of how I've approached the smorgasbord. And the, I mean, I showed them, now I'm 10 pounds heavier. <laughs> Worked out well, didn't it? I guess what I'm saying is that I usually come away from the smorgasbord with regrets because there are consequences. And we have to avoid the smorgasbord in our spiritual lives too because we can't just pick and choose what we want, what we think we want in this following Jesus kind of life and skip over the hard stuff. We have to get back to a life centered on God and how he operates. That is the only solid rock foundation that we can build our lives on. One, one dangerous thing that I think is true, I know is true, is that a lot of people don't intentionally choose smorgasbord Christianity. Maybe you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't do that. Uh, I don't go out. I don't have the intention going out and saying, oh, I'm going to pick from this and this, and I don't really want to follow God. I'm just going to... No, we don't... Most people don't intentionally do that. We, we drift into it, right? We're not really thinking and choosing to believe anything in particular, and so we end up getting away from that solid rock foundation of truth. And I hope that won't be you. But I hope that uh, you'll take up a challenge to evaluate what you really believe. And then investigate whether it's real and true or not, or whether you need to get back to something that God has laid out. Is this really what God the Father has laid out, or is it just what I've kind of drifted into? And that means that you're going to get quiet, 
and you're gonna take time to pray and you're gonna take time to think and you're gonna study the scripture and and you're gonna discuss it with people you trust and and I hope and pray that that means that over the next six weeks you're gonna be right here looking at some of these essentials so that you can say, you know what? This, I believe. 